No, praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house. Oh, what a sweet presence of the Lord I feel in this place tonight. Thank you, Brother Bruce, for trusting me with this time. I don't take it lightly. When Brother Keith sent out the schedule and I saw my name on it, my heart ran and hid. I was like, Lord, what am I going to say? Because at that time, I didn't have anything. So I asked the Lord to give me a thought. And he did just that. And I believe he has a now word for each and every one of us. And I'm going to do my best to give it to you like he gave it to me. And I trust that he will bridge any gaps that I leave along the way. I believe tonight is the night. Tonight is the night that our circumstances meet a move of God. Our scripture text is found in Ezekiel 22 and 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up a head, the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. Brother Bruce, can you pray over the word, please? Yes. With the Lord's help, I'm going to talk to you for the next few minutes about building bridges. Building bridges. There are over 600,000 bridges in the United States. And our great state is the home of over 13,000 bridges. The longest bridge in the United States is right here in Louisiana. I didn't know that until I looked it up. My research partner, Google, should help me out with that. It's Lake Pontchartrain Causeway. It's 23.875 miles long. The Frankfurt Avenue Bridge in Pennsylvania is the oldest bridge in the United States. It was completed in 1697, and it's still in use today. The George Washington Bridge that spans the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey is the busiest bridge in the United States. It serves passage to 290,000 vehicles per day. That's hard to even imagine. And with numbers like that, it shows that bridges are important and even vital to our everyday life. We traverse them daily and normally don't give them a second thought. 
Without the infrastructure of bridges, life as we know it would be crippled at the very least. Let's think about that for a minute. Did we cross any bridges getting here tonight? What about when we need to go to the grocery store? Do we cross any bridges? Or what if there's an emergency and we need to get to the hospital? Do we have to cross a bridge? Bridges are pretty important. So tonight we're going to dive into the process of building bridges. But before we get to building, let's learn a little bit more about a bridge. Bridges come in many different sizes, styles, but they all have one thing in common. They provide a connection between two seemingly unconnected or obstructed points. Like the two, two sides of land on either side of a body of water. Or two sides of a deep trench, a valley, or a canyon. Or maybe it's just a small stream and you want to not get your feet wet when you cross. Bridges stand in the gap. Now there's a certain level of science behind how bridges actually work, but I'm going to keep it simple. No physics lessons tonight. <laughs> in essence, a bridge must balance force, gravity, and weight to stay standing and keep people safe when moving across them. A bridge, depending on type and style, can have many different components. But all those basic components of a bridge are placed into three bridge areas. First, the foundation. The foundation is the base of the structure, and it transfers its load to the bearing strata or the earth below. The foundation supports the load of the structure as well as any added weight. Then on top of the foundation, we have the substructure. It's the vertical members that hold the components of the upper construction and transfers its load to the foundation. Finally, we have the superstructure. All the components of the upper construction that are mounted to the substructure system to span the gap and allow for passage. That's the part we're used to seeing in traveling. So now that our attention is brought to these vital structures, along with their basic components and function, let's see how we can apply that to our lives spiritually. Let's take another look at our scripture text, but in the Amplified Version. I searched for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand in the gap before me for the sake of the land, that I would not destroy it, but I found no one not even one. This happened during a time when Jerusalem and her leaders were corrupt. Jerusalem was guilty of many sins and the people were disobedient, rebellious, and profane. God told Ezekiel to cast judgment on them and God looked for someone to stand in the gap and build up a wall of righteousness to bridge that gap. 
he was looking for a bridge builder. And the tragedy was that he found none. He found no one with the character, the wisdom, or the true relationship with him to build such strength, stability, and security among his people. We are living in a time of great separation. And I believe God is looking for some bridge builders. If we look at the world affairs all the way down to our individual circumstances, there are gaps of separation. That's what sin does. It separates and it creates gaps. A gap is the space between our current situation and a move of God. But tonight, I believe we can make a connection. Because tonight, we're going to start building bridges. The first thing that we need, if we're going to build a bridge, or anything for that matter, is a plan. Without a detailed set of plans, it would be hard to achieve the desired result. I'm thankful that God has already taken care of that plan. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Christ Jesus. He so loved the world and His creation that He set a plan in motion that would forever bridge the gap of separation caused by sin. John 1, 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Luke 2, 11 and 12, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you that ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, I come to tell somebody tonight that we have a plan. We have a master set of blueprints and his name is Jesus. So we have a plan. What do we need next? Material. If we're going to build, we've got to have material. So once we have a plan, we need material to build according to the plan. Normally, an account would be set up at the supply house so that the responsible party can be billed accordingly for the materials for the project. It's my good pleasure tonight to tell you that our material has been bought and paid for. The word that became a babe in the manger then became the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of this world. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Jesus purchased it all. All we have. We all have what we need to bridge the gap. Because with his blood, 
by his stripes and his sacrifice, he bridged the gap. We just need to apply it to our lives, our situations, our circumstances. The application is up to us. God is looking for a builder. Someone, anyone willing to use what he has placed before us to build and stand in the gap. Do we have any builders in the house tonight? Does anyone want to build a bridge in their life tonight? Does anyone want to build a bridge in someone else's life tonight? Well, the first place we need to start is the foundation. That's with any build. It is the least glamorous part, but by far the most important part. It's tough. It's dirty work. And it gets little to no recognition. I've never had a customer send me a Pinterest picture of a foundation that they wanted me to duplicate. It's a part of the bill that most people skip over in their minds. And we could, we could skip that part of the build and go straight to building the walls of the structure. We could follow all the steps that apply in building codes of wall construction. We could even end up with a Pinterest-worthy picture of the most beautiful wall or structure. But if it wasn't built and prepared on a proper foundation, we will merely have a facade. It would look pretty, but have no structural integrity. When the winds come and the pressure of the structure is applied, the walls will experience failure. You see, the wall wasn't designed to support the load on its own. It was designed to transfer the load to the foundation. We must have a sure and firm foundation. To build a proper foundation, we must first do some site preparation. Brother BL, we got to remove the overburden. The trees, the brush, the roots, any soil that doesn't have the right characteristics. Likewise, in our spiritual lives, we must remove the junk that we've allowed to accumulate. We must take spiritual inventory and prepare the altar for sacrifice. We must spend some time on our knees building a foundation of prayer. You see, the structural integrity of our wall of righteousness is dependent upon the depth of our foundation of prayer. God is looking for a builder. He's searching for a builder. To further our knowledge on spiritual bridge building, let's take a look at some biblical examples. In 1 Chronicles 13 through 16 and 2 Samuel 6, we can find a story of David bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. We all know the story, how his first attempt failed. 
with the death of Uzzah. David didn't know how to properly handle the ark, and his mistake cost dearly. They placed the ark on a cart, set a new cart, and they began the journey. Along the way, the oxen stumbled. Must have not had a sure foundation there. Causing the ark to shift, and Uzzah reached to steady the ark, and he was struck dead. At that point, David decided to abort the mission. He was angry, and I'm sure he felt guilty for the loss. He sought the Lord. He began to prepare a place for the ark. He wanted to bring the glory of God back to the temple. He purposed to get it right the second journey. He called the right people to carry the ark. No more carts. He removed his king's attire and humbled himself. He built an altar every six steps with praise and worship in between. He had to remove his pride and build a foundation of prayer to bring the glory home. The foundation that was kept throughout the journey allowed for safe and steady passage. Foundation's important. If we want to bring his glory back home, we must humble ourselves before him. Remove our pride, build an altar and a foundation of prayer. Then praise and worship. Then build another altar and another foundation of prayer. And then do it again. And then do it again. And continue the process to complete the journey and bridge the gap. You see, a bridge doesn't have just one anchor point or foundation. It needs multiple to span the distance. Another example is Hezekiah. Second Chronicles 29, 1 and 2. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did that which was pleasing in the sight of the Lord just as his ancestor David had done. Hezekiah was a good and godly king. He inherited a land that was filled with sin and separation. His father Ahaz was probably the most evil king that Judah had ever had. Ahaz was an idol worshiper. He defiled and closed the temple, sacrificed his own sons in the fire set up altars to pagan gods in every corner of Jerusalem. And he made pagan shrines in all the towns of Judea for offering sacrifices to other gods. The land was filled with evil when Hezekiah became king. Verse 29 and 3, Second uh, Chronicles 29 and 3, in the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He didn't waste any time, did he? <laughs> and life may have happened, and we may have closed doors in our heart. The hurt, 
the disappointment, the failure, the shame has boarded up the doors. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it's time to reopen the doors of the temple of the Lord and get them repaired. Verse 4 and 5. He summons the priests and the Levites to meet him in the courtyard east of the temple. He said, of them, said unto them, Listen to me, you Levites. Purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord. The God of your ancestors, remove all the defiled things from your sanctuary, from the sanctuary. It's time to prepare the ground and remove the overburden. It's time to build a foundation. We need to purify ourselves and remove anything that may be defiling our temple. Hurts, habits, hang-ups, addiction, pride, bitterness. You may say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. And you may be right. I don't understand. But he does. He knows exactly where each and every one of us are tonight. But we, we must be careful not to build crutches in place of a cross. Crutches become excuses that lead to separation. Can I be transparent with you for a minute? Several years ago, I allowed a comment to knock me off balance. Chances are, it was never meant to hurt. But it stung, and I allowed it to fester. I then built a crutch instead of a cross, and it ended up crippling me. I lost my drive, and I became stagnant. But I'm happy to say that I've turned that crutch into a cross and I carry it for Jesus as I follow Him. I realize that no one can define who you are. I was recreated with purpose, for a purpose, and he, I am who He says I am. And you are who He says you are. His love can bridge any gap. You may say, well, I don't have any of those problems. My T's are crossed and my I's are dotted just fine. <laughs> well, let us be careful not to build idols instead of altars. We must take our eyes off of them and put it back on Him. We must build an altar before the Lord and give it all to Him. Repent, apply the blood, the Word, and speak Jesus over our lives and allow His love to work through us. Verses 6 through 10. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned the Lord in His dwelling place. They turned their backs on Him. They also shut the doors of the temple's entry room, and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings in the sanctuary of the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Ju Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule. 
as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, your fathers have been killed in battle, and your, our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. There may be some generational things at work. But as we build a foundation, let's make a covenant with the Lord. We may have turned away from the Lord and are now in the midst of the circumstances. But as we apply the cleansing blood and prepare the temple, let's make a covenant with the Lord and allow Jesus to bridge the gap. Verses 11 and 12. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in His presence, minister to Him, and lead the people in worship and present offerings to Him. It's our duty. We are created to stand in the gap, covered in His righteousness on the foundation of prayer to allow His love to work through us to lead people to Him. The story goes on that they began purifying the temple as He instructed. They worked on it and got it completely clean. Sixteen days it took them. Sometimes we've got to dig a little bit deeper when we're cleaning. We can't just... It's going to have to be a deep cleansing. They offered sacrifices and praised and worshipped the Lord. They rededicated the temple. They prepared for Passover and sent out messengers with letters to all so that they would return to the Lord and come to His temple and worship. And then they had a great assembly and celebration. 2 Chronicles 30, 26 and 27. There was great joy in the city. For Jerusalem had not seen a celebration like this one since the days of Solomon, King David's son. It had been a while since they had revival in the land. Then the priests and the Levites stood and blessed the people. And God heard their prayer from his holy dwelling in heaven. He heard their prayers. It reminds me of 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Hezekiah was a bridge builder. He stood in the gap. He led the restoration of the temple that ushered in a great revival. And we can too. There's so much separation. If there's ever been a time that we needed to bridge a bridge to span the gap of sin separation, now is the time and God is searching for a builder. 
He has provided a plan, the means, and the way. And he is looking for a builder. Even if it's just one.